Hello, I'm Joyce. I'm June. And I'm Paula. We're the Kavanagh Sisters and we'd like to welcome you to our series of Count Me In podcasts where we continue to shine a light on childhood sexual abuse and its impacts. In today's podcast, we will be discussing gender inequality. Gender inequality is huge and, you know, the male privilege bit, you're right. The people who are privileged can't see it. Or they don't feel the need to see it because it's not impacting them. Polly, you wouldn't notice it. It's like, it's like the way we live our lives. There's lots of things you just wouldn't know. It's just the way it's always been. And so you've no need. So you'd never question it. And because and the opposite to privilege is oppression. So therefore, if you're oppressed, you just adopt it as your norm. Yeah. If you're the one doing the oppression, you don't know it's because it's like your culture. I'd love the idea of women sitting discussing this with their partners because they're not doing anything wrong. They're doing what they've been taught, like we have. I agree, and I do think like there are a lot of good men out there who think, like, I'm not raping anybody, I'm not battering anybody, I love my partner and my children, I, this is not part of my problem. So they don't feel invested in even uh, investigating it. They, they feel uh, they're, they're okay, it's nothing to do with them. I think it'd be useful if we point out a few things about male privilege. Well, you mentioned, for example, that if you the opposite to privilege is oppression and but I feel they're also oppressed. There it, it there's layers to it and it goes back and back, you know, and it and it separates out into the elite. Because I feel you know men and women are both oppressed. And conditioned. Yeah. So you, you think of it the way we were brought up. We were actually told from a very young age and it was it was just part of the day where your whole role was to prepare to be a carer, a mother, a wife, a housekeeper. That was your role. And nobody said young. those words. The work that, that you were told to do, like on a daily basis, were messages we were receiving. Yeah. And our work was to take care of the home. The complete unfairness of the work distribution within a home like, we had six brothers. There was four girls. Like, you know, the lion's share of work was cleaning up after the fellas. Yeah. And yet that was all on us. Even changing wet beds and, you know, things like that that were unsavoury and, and nothing to do with us, but we were sent in to clear up their mess. But at the same time, I would say to you, you have to know it was what they were told. Because like, I know the biggest issue for the men in our family would be their inability to express how they feel or share emotions because the message they received very strong was be strong, your job is to be the breadwinner, you have to provide. Men don't cry. It's the same kind of crap. I know it's I know you're talking about the distribution was definitely very unfair. So yes, there was messages in all of yeah. that for us and for them. And that's why I feel that men are equally as oppressed as we are. And really the cultural shift that's required in order to help them realise the benefits in gender equality. If you're the male in it and you, you, you're in the so-called privileged position, you are no better off because you've got a woman who's oppressed. How can your life be fulfilled when you have an unhappy wife who has... Um, 
been conditioned and internalized the oppression to the point where she has no her self-worth is damaged by it how can you as the male privileged uh, you know have a great life you're passing all those messages what's, on down what's through generations for the male to even realize that he is well privileged. i think i think because a lot of what we're saying here will appear that the 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 differences in between men and women and the cultural shift in how people operate is past tense where it's really not, it's current. And when women are going into the workplace and fighting for equal rights, the confusion is for a lot of men who feel they don't oppress or they're not privileged, they're working class men who are trying to just get by like everybody else, they can't see where the privilege lies by just merely being born a male. So I think it'd be useful if they explore a couple of things, because there's a couple of uh, points that were made if a guy goes into, into his job and he's in the horrors, he's not in good mood and he's stomping around the place, nobody identifies his mood with his gender. I know. And another great one is, uh, you ever driving along and somebody in front of you is driving very badly? There's a just automatic assumption that that's a woman. Yeah. If a guy's in work and he's not succeeding and he's not rising up in the ranks, that's not put down to his gender. If a woman is not succeeding, it's put down to her gender. If you're going to get a job and you're, you're asked to be hired, the employer is not sitting behind the desk thinking if there's a guy in front of me is to worry about him having a baby, needing more time off work. Again, in general, if a man goes to work, there's usually a woman minding the children. Whereas if a woman goes to work, she has to find or organise the child minding situation. And that all adds to the stress and pressure of her everyday comings and goings. Like a man usually gets up in the morning, gets himself ready. Now, I'm not saying everybody, I am generalising. But there is research, there is data to show that uh, children benefit from both parents mucking in, doing their equal share of housework and child minding. Now that is starting to occur and I'm again probably going to be generalising but I've witnessed it myself with my own son the way him and his partner are rearing their child. I can't believe how there's equal input into the upbringing of their child and the housekeeping and he didn't witness that at home so I'm stunned that he's actually taken that on but I can't wait to see how that child benefits from that and hopefully that is the way forward but also it's another talk I was listening to where they were discussing how unfair it is that when a man finally does uh, decide maybe to take the role of stay-at-home dad, that although other men might say they admire his bravery and his courage and his choice, but ultimately they're scratching their heads, they don't understand it, and they do think of him as less than a man. Women are finding them less attractive if they're not demonstrating ambition and cutthroat behaviour out in the business world. And that's why the cultural shift is needed. We need to have more of these discussions. You're encouraging men to do it, but yet they're afraid to, because any time they take a step in that direction, they're being criticised by other men, and, and they appear less attractive to women. For instance, a guy walking down a road at night, his natural thought isn't somebody's walking behind him, they're going to attack him. Whereas it's every woman's natural thought that when you go walking and you're on your own, Daylight, night, it doesn't make any difference where or when. Your thought is you have to listen out and you have to be on guard. A man does not have to think like that. No. And although I have sons, so I am aware if they go out, they are in danger. You know, a different kind of danger. But I know that's not consuming their thoughts when they no. go out. The way a woman 
or a girl would have to be thinking? Well, I mean, the disparity in wages when it comes to, when you're talking about male privilege, that's a big issue for women. If women are going oh. to be stay-at-home moms, they should receive some kind of payment for it, even if it's half of her husband, half of his wages, that they are not, he's not giving it to her out of the goodness of his heart. Like, it's her entitlement if she's in a partnership yeah. and he's working. That's her end of it because she's doing half of the the job, the work that they're doing as a family. They tell you it's the most important job in the world. Yeah, but nobody backs that up. There's no training for it. No. Not acknowledged. You're not rewarded. Just constant criticism. And you're also now, on top of that, there's added pressure for women now to also go out and work as yeah, well. Yeah. As raise children, that's the most important job in the world. Run a home, that's harder than any job. And work as well. And yet you've got the male who isn't out of his conditioning yet. So you might be left with all of that on your own. If you get promoted in your job, it's not just assumed you slept your way up there, which yeah. it would be if it was a woman, which is just crazy. Yeah. You can guess how you want to use as a defence in your rape case. Oh yeah, nobody'd ever use that in a, in a rape case, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they wouldn't be holding up the male yeah, pair of jocks to, to say, look it. They're pink. He obviously wanted, intended to have sex. Yeah. But things like that, all those little things that you really don't give much thought to. Going to a mechanic or complaining about a service went a lot further when my husband did it. Yeah. If I went to a mechanic, I could be told anything. And I'm sure they had a great laugh with a lot of things they told women. Yeah. And but if a man went in, even if you hadn't got a clue about the back end of a bus, they were treated completely different. Yeah. There used to be a place in Ballyfair where you could go and rent a TV. And I wasn't allowed to do that without my husband's permission. It's not that long ago that I joined in the credit union or something, but I had to get Eamon's signature. And you know, the girl behind the counter was very embarrassed even saying it. Or do you ever get in a conversation with somebody and, they, and you're, with, you're standing beside a guy they keep eye contact with the fella. They talk, to, if you go into a shop for a phone even, they talk to him like it's nothing to do with you even though it's your phone. Well, my son and his partner went for a new uh, couch. Uh, we went with them, myself and my husband, right? So uh, my son had to go back, he forgot something, which left the daughter-in-law and myself and my husband. And the guy approached my husband straight away. And even though my husband said, here she's looking for a suite of furniture this is what she's looking for he still bypassed her completely we weren't even paying for it and offered him a cup of coffee and i'm standing right beside him but i just thought like it's still alive and kicking in some yeah. areas if Eamon goes in to make a query about anything and if i went in right after him he would get a completely different response to me the, the majority of people in political power or power in organisations or businesses are men. And men do things to fit their own agenda. And women aren't even nearly up there enough. And if a woman goes in and she's assertive, she's a bitch, or some women adapt the male energy, thinking that they have to be and act like a man in yeah. order to get something done, because that's what society is telling them. Women judge women, yeah. along with the men judging the women. But see, that's all feeding into the culture. That's society. That's the way we've been bred. That's what I would say to you. 
men may be privileged, but half of them don't even know they're privileged. I don't think they feel privileged. It doesn't always feel like that. Yeah. It's just, they've never had to compare it. They wouldn't have taken that time. And why would you? Because your life has gone okay, whatever that is. And I suppose it's really sad in some ways because over the years I've realised the benefits of our emotional intelligence that was never offered to men. Like they were told big boys don't cry and suck it up and be a man and all that. Like the messages they received left them no room whatsoever for emotional intelligence to express feelings. And if they did, they were made to feel less of a man. Do you think now your sons are getting the same messages? Well, I'd say Paul, it's out there. So, you know, absolutely, they'd be picking some of it up. But at the same time, I would say with my sons, there is, they definitely have emotional intelligence that can discuss how they feel. And they're absolutely open to see those things because we would have conversations about that but only through those conversations is there an awareness but they wouldn't have said oh Jesus look at this man they wouldn't have noticed it if we didn't have conversations but that's just the kind of group we are and also it's a generational thing because although there is there is change occurring with the next generation natural changes that just kind of go with the territory but we are still conditioned so inadvertently we would have instilled some of our oppression on them inadvertently now hopefully you know growth and conversations over years would have offset the effects of some of that but you don't know how much of it you're bringing forward every generation sheds some shit but you still bring it because most of the time you're not even aware of it i do look at young girls now and i think they're getting stronger but at the same time i also see them complying and fitting in you know lip fillers they're getting butt implants they're shaving every hair on their body that's all for men yeah now that upsets me because most of the time these girls are stunning yeah and they don't need these false eyelashes and lip fillers and they're just gorgeous but by the time they're finished they look like a duck and after changing what was beautiful and perfect for a man but there are other ways where you can see they're so much stronger than we were. There's a lot of shit they won't take that we did. So, like, there's good and bad with every situation. But you just have to keep the conversation and the awareness going. We only have to look at Love Island and see how unattainable the bodies of those contestants are for the majority of the general public walking around. How do you compete with that? Yeah, there's nobody on those programmes that mirror or replicate Normal, the average... average. Body shapes. Yeah. Well, we would have less access to that. You put them as a category of people. You didn't put them as your normal Joe Soap. Now, the difference they're doing now, and the more damaging and hurtful I think it is now, because now it's affecting men as well as women, is now they're putting up what they consider ordinary, normal people into these programmes, and they're casting them as normal, average Joe Soaps, which they're not. Because they're saying these are just your average Joe Soap, he's a builder, he's a plumber. Presenting themselves as average and they're not. Yeah. It has a huge impact because there's where your eating disorders come from, your depression, your manic behaviour, your suicide. Like Joyce made the point that you could say the same for us growing up because we aspire to be like the movie stars because they didn't portray them warts and all. They were idols. As victims of childhood sex abuse, in what way does the male privilege impact us differently than people who have been victims. 
of abuse or trauma? Or does it? Um, well, getting out of it made it a lot harder because you didn't know where to turn. You didn't have faith that there was anybody out there that could help you, that there was, you know, it felt like the ones that had the power were all against you. You know, I'm like, we did turn to the church, to the doctors. Again, they were all males. That's what I mean. So we did reach out, but the message we got was no power out there was going to help us. Well, um, I suppose, like, the sexual abuse for a start was about power and control. And we, as girls, didn't have any of that. So that definitely had an impact. That allowed the abuse to happen in the first place. That accommodated for sexual abuse and um, incest, certainly, within the family because the power differential is embedded and, and, and it's behind ours. Because when you think of it, like, we're owned by your parents. I don't think they'd see that now. But you owned your kids. You could do what you like with yeah, them. Yeah, and, like, you could proudly make that statement, you know, that they're my, my property, my children. And clearly, when you think of even where we went for to get help in the end, that was a, an organisation for women, run by women. So in, in our lifetime, I wouldn't have gone anywhere for help that, was, that I would have seen men as useful. I wouldn't see men in that role. I wouldn't naturally have seen a man in that role. So I, I still would be surprised when I see men as carers roles. But see, that's it. That's the whole point. You are surprised because you wouldn't have given a second thought if you didn't mention them or you didn't notice them. No, but it's, it's, what I'm trying to get at is, is it different because of my abuse? Do I, do, would I not see a man in that role more because of my abuse and my culture? I would automatically fear a man because in, of your in that control situation. I wouldn't be able to let down a guard or go in and trust a man trying to support me in a counselling environment because of my abusive background. Parents around men, therapists would be their inability to go as far as we'd go on an emotional level. That would be the thing so, that's yeah, so me. So it's not like, that. I still have a level of conditioning around my beliefs right. about men. And yeah, I would, I would have doubts still. I wouldn't, I don't think I would, if I got a choice, would prefer a man. I think I'd prefer a woman. Oh, and, so like, and a mature woman, I'd, I would only like to be with somebody who I felt lived. Like a male doctor, I wouldn't go to a male doctor, I wouldn't, just wouldn't do it. I'd go to a female doctor and I'd drive to the end of the year sooner than go to a male doctor. That's my own preference. In, in terms of our abuse, I'm not sure how much of our culture, you know, I'd say the, it's a combination of the two. Yeah. What you're left with in, your, in terms of, you know, judging whether you'd prefer your preference for a male therapist or a male doctor or you know I would prefer a female and at this stage in my life I, I couldn't say that was because of my abuse no I but I'd say I'm still I'm still conditioned to a certain degree by my culture but it could have been the combination of the two that have left me in this place yeah. well like us I think we're best placed to help people who are sexually abused because we were I think midwives who have had children are best placed to help you know women bringing children into the world so I feel yeah, woman. how can a man understand me when he hasn't felt what I feel or he's never you know what I mean he hasn't experienced it and he never will so I'm not saying that there aren't men out there that have the capacity to have empathy but I'm, I'm just, I would just feel more confident with a woman. That's just my yeah, preference. Too. My partner is old school. Now, he'll tell you 
absolutely he's crazy about me and he's respectful and, and he is but I know his beliefs are I should be at home he should be providing I should be at home I should now be relaxing at this stage now you can do the housework and do all the cooking and cleaning washing and ironing because like what do you do they're only going in the machine it's that and he doesn't know he has the attitude right and he would honestly say he's a huge improvement on his own experience because his own father would have been like that so that's what i'm saying to you the shifts in generations they're small and they're happening they're just not big enough because no one is looking at the big picture you I know, just think like you know, it should be part of the education system where you work on self-esteem. Absolutely, and you should be in there from kindergarten. Actually, understand the importance of it, and no use giving it lip service. You actually need to do something about it. One of the Dutch countries where they teach empathy to children, and they've been doing it since nineteen ninety six. It's not a new yeah thing, but I just think, my God, that's that's the way. But it is the way, but it is like everything else. We talk, we talk, we talk. Nobody does anything because although they're telling you lip service that this is really important, if they really believed that, it would become part of our daily lives, especially for the kids coming up. That, you know, they'd have a much better chance than us if they were to actually recognise and feel worthy. If, if you work on yourself, then male privilege, oppression... Femininity, it doesn't make any difference. None of that will actually matter. Yeah. Because at the core of every one of us, being a male or female, is self-worth. that self-worth and yeah. that love. If you really love yourself, your natural instinct will be to share that. I really still think you have to visit the programming. It's like we were programmed like computers. We didn't even know we were programmed. And only when you learn things yourself from something you've experienced or something you've seen or somebody close to you has it, then it's the only time you actually stop and look. So people that are privileged, it's, you can't change that. We don't even know it. So regardless of what we can do for the future generation, like our generation and the one after us needs work. We need to know that this is there. We need to have conversations about it. But you can do nothing unless you're aware. So it's actually, the idea would be that people think about the basics. From morning to night, what's the difference between me and my partner? How am I viewed in the world? How are they viewed in the world? How do I actually see her? What do I expect from her? What do I expect from him? Just, it'd be just very interesting to start having conversations so we're educated ourselves in relation to our own behaviours and our thoughts. Thank you for listening. Hopefully some of the information we've shared will resonate with you and bring you to a place where you can have compassion for yourself. Please know that no matter how you feel or how you respond to the abuse, it was normal. We're hopeful and optimistic that those in a position of power to bring about change will be moved into action so we can finally eradicate childhood sexual abuse. So please spread the word and share the information. The decision to heal from childhood sexual abuse places you on the most important journey of your life. You're in charge of this journey. Only you know what works for you and what doesn't. It takes as long as it takes 
because there's no rush in it and there's no fake in it. You have to feel it. And just as the ripple of pain that you're in goes out and impacts all of those around you, so does the healing. And the more you heal, the more everyone around you benefits from your healing. You've been listening to the Cabinet Sisters podcast. You can contact us through Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or email the Cabinet Sisters at gmail.com. We would like to leave you with a quote that you can carry with you throughout your day. We live in an age where it can seem that we have less and less power over the way we live our lives. But if we've ever to eradicate gender inequality, men and women must come together, have the conversations and decide for ourselves how we want our genders in the future to be defined.